Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we are in a series called The Last Supper. If you missed that, I don't know how, Um, but we're in a series called The Last Supper, and I want to challenge us as a church to get into the Word. Um, John 13 through 17 contains the, the part of The Last Supper where Jesus is meeting with his disciples and they're gathering together and they're breaking bread and um, they're, 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 Jesus is kind of having this one last moment to go over the big deals. Like, don't forget these things, guys. Keep at this. And we're gonna hit John chapter 15, one of my favorite passages of scripture. But today I wanna talk to you about this. I wanna talk to you about tick checks and stalled cars. Tick checks Installed cars and our passage, our text today that we're going to keep coming back. So if you brought your Bible, it's going to be found in John chapter 15, verse 1 through 8. And it says this, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. Yeah, not fruity. You're not going to be really fruity. You're going to be fruitful, right? Big difference. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciple. That's the trademark of being a true disciple is producing much fruit. This brings great glory to the Father. So much here, so much to kind of just unpackage and talk about. But our main part we're going to be about today is found in verses 4 through 5. So let's go back to that. And it says this, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches, those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we come before you today. And Lord, I pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers. Um, Lord, your word is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts through all the junk and gets to the heart of the issue. And so, Lord, I pray that there would just, you would get to the heart of the issue with us today, that we would be changed because of your word and you, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today, Jesus takes time to really keep a, 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 a common theme in this last part of the disciple. He's really wanting to make sure that if they miss something, they hear one word, and it's the word remain. 
right? And, and as he's talking about this word remain, in the Greek, remain means minnow. It's pronounced minnow. And it means this. It means to stay, abide, or remain. And Jesus is saying this. If you don't remain, if you don't stay, if you don't abide in me, you're not going to be able to live this life out the way you were intended and you were created to live it out. And so as we get going today, and it talks about us being fruitful and bearing much fruit, I want to start off our message today by asking you a question. And the question is this, what is your life producing? What is your life producing? Now, some of us right now, when I say, What's your, what fruit are you bearing? What kind of fruit is your life producing? Some of us get a little agitated anytime somebody asks this question and you just, something rises up and you say, well, judge not lest ye be judged, right? And you start getting this kind of attitude. And I love when we misquote and misuse scripture, we use it in the King James Version, right? Like we, we don't use it in any other version, like judge not lest ye be judged, right? And this is contained in Matthew chapter seven. And we think, well, Jesus never judged us. Oh yeah, he did. Right? And today I'm not asking you to judge your neighbor. I'm not asking you to judge somebody else. I'm asking you to take some self-evaluation and to be honest about it right now. Because if we don't get honest, I'm not talking about your intentions today. I'm talking about where you are right now. What is your life really producing? Because here's what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 7, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. This is why Jesus says, if you bear much fruit, then you're my disciple. That's how people know you're a follower. So what are we called to bear? Galatians chapter five talks about this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. This first line is like spring break in Panama City. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, and sorcery, right? Some of you are like sorcery in Panama City. Um, but so some of us, we think we're safe, but it gets better. Hostility. Are you a hostile person? Quarreling. Do you just constantly fight? Jealousy, well, it must be nice, right? Outburst of anger. Some of you are like, dang it, that happened on my way here. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. We've got Panama City going again. Wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life, producing that kind of fruit, will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. And since we are living... By the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in, here it is, every, everybody say every, every part of our, not just some parts of our lives, but every part of our life. So let me ask you again today, what is your life producing? As we take a real honest self-evaluation, in every part of your life, 
What is your life producing? Not just the parts that people see, not just your Sunday morning parts, but every part. This, this reminds me of any time a, a tick gets on me, right? Like the crawling tick that sucks blood, grosses me out. I'm just telling you, um, I'm not a huge bug fan, but ticks are another level. Like any time a tick's on me, I'm like, I got Rocky Mountain spotted fever, right? I've got, I'm going to have Lyme disease and I'm not going to be able to eat meat for, you know, like beef for two years or something like this. I, I was asking John Dyer when I came in today, I'm like, hey, when you got in that, like that bush and you got all kinds of ticks on you, how many did, he ha- did you have? He goes, I got 40 on me, but eight attached. And I was like, you kill me now, God. Like if that happened... I'm dead. You would have my funeral. I just, I would, I would die from a panic attack um, at that point. And hear me, when you get a tick on you, it's gross, right? But you don't just say, oh, that must be the only one. No, let me tell you what happens at the Graves household. And this is way too much information, but this is what you signed up for by coming today. Um, Man, I strip down, I go to the bathroom, and I mean, there's not a part of my body that's not inspected. I'm just telling you. I've got Casey looking at my back. I'm like, is there, is, I, no, no, I can feel it. I can feel it, right? Because one's on you, and you're like, it's all over you. It's like if a spider's crawling on you, you're like, ah. And just like you don't leave any part of your body unchecked when you have a, chick, a tick check, I'm asking you to do that today as we have a fruit check. What are you truly bearing today? What is your life producing? Teenagers, I'm not asking your parents about you today. I'm asking you about you. What's your life producing when you're at school and they're not around? What's your life producing when you're on your cell phone and they're already in bed? What's your life producing? Parents, I'm asking you about you, not what your kids see, what nobody sees. Spouses, I'm not asking about your spouse. I'm asking you about you. Grandparents, I'm asking you about you. Singles, I'm asking you about, what is your life producing? Because it's a huge thing that we've got to be able to answer. Because either we're producing the fruit of the Spirit or we're producing the the fruit of ourself, our sinful-led nature. And some of us, we want to say, well, I'm neither. Well, then what are you doing? We think we're in the clay. Well, I'm not doing the fruit of the Spirit so much, but I'm sure not doing sorcery. Right? You're like, okay, I'm clear on that. No, no Harry Potter and Dungeons and Dragons for me right now. But, you know, you're like, I, I'm clear. On, but can I tell you, that's not the goal. The goal of following Jesus isn't just to avoid bad and evil. It's to engage in good and do good. That's why the Bible in Romans 12 says, don't be conquered by evil, but conquer evil by doing good. Right? We're called to engage good. We're called to be fruitful. And here's what happens for a lot of us is that we're fruitful for a season. For all of my older people in here, and you've got the empty nest, and I'm coming that way quickly. It means I'm getting old. I know. Can I tell you, you're not just called to be fruitful when your kids are in the house. You're called to be fruitful in every season. Man, I'm a fan of retirement. I think it's great when you get to retire from your job, but can I tell you, you're not called to retire from your calling. You're not called to retire from God's will and his purpose for your life. And some of you that are older in age, right, you should be bearing more fruit because you got less distractions, right? You got more, less things pulling at you, but what fruit are you bearing? Because when we don't bear fruit, here's what happens. And here's usually the cause. We've gotten casual or complacent with our relationship with Jesus. Right? We, we, we stay in this long enough. I love people that are like, 
People that just got free from drugs or alcohol, man, when they get saved, they are in. They are in it, man, and they are on fire, and we're like, oh, just let them wait two years, and then they'll calm down. Why? Hopefully to God, they never calm down. And some of us, we calm down, and here's what happens. When we calm down, we become complacent, and we, we allow distance in our relationship with Jesus. And here's what the danger is right here. And what Jesus would tell us is that distance equals danger. When it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ, distance in it equals danger in it. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. He said this, the only safe place for a sheep is by the side of the shepherd. Because the devil doesn't fear sheep. He just fears the shepherd. That's good. Right, The only safe place for you is by the side of your heavenly father, by your shepherd, because the devil doesn't fear you. He ain't scared of you. I don't care how ugly you are. He still ain't scared. He just fears the shepherd. And in this whole passage of scripture, Jesus keeps telling us to minnow, to remain, to stay, to abide close to him and it's an amazing and crucial thing because Jesus knows. He, he knew back then what we would be facing now. He knows the tactic of the devil is to create distance in our relationship, distance from our Savior, distance from the Holy Spirit and our Heavenly Father. Because when we allow distance, it creates danger of falling away. Because when we allow distance, here's the problem. When we allow distance, we create drifting. Right When we allow distance, we create drifting. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says this, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or the result is, the alternative is, we may drift away from it. Can I tell you, when we get distant from Jesus, we put our lives and everything connected with them in danger. And here's why. Because when we drift from one thing, we drift towards another. Right? When you drift from Jesus, you drift towards something else that ain't Jesus. Right? When we drift from conviction, we drift towards compromise. It's exactly what happens. And some of us, the crazy thing is we don't even know we've drifted until we take a time to take a tick check, to have a self-evaluation check, and see, oh, dang, somewhere along the life of living, I've drifted. And it's not just that we drift from God. Some of you are like, oh, I'm not drifting from God. It's that we drift from the things of God, right? We drift from the things that God loves. And here's what I have found. Being a pastor for 25 years, I've been in ministry 25 years this month. Here's what I found. When we drift from the things of God, it's not long before we drift from God himself, right? We drift from God himself. So what do we drift and what do we distance ourselves from? The first thing I would say is church. Church. Now I know some of you are like, well, Justin, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You're right. You don't. Justin, I don't have to go to church to have a healthy relationship 
with Jesus Christ. You're right, you don't. And some of you, I'm not gonna get up here and pretend that pastors aren't characters and that they don't hurt people and that you haven't experienced church hurt. And if you have experienced church hurt and you're here or you're watching online, let me say as a pastor, I'm sorry. If you've ever been hurt by Foundation Church, I'm sorry, we are doing our best. But don't you group every church in to every church that has ever been created. That would be like me getting my feelings hurt by somebody and saying, I'm done with all people all over the world in all of Tulsa, Oklahoma, because one person in Tulsa hurt my feelings. That would be crazy, but that's what some of us are doing. And here's what happens. We start drifting from church and listen, listen to me as your pastor today. I have never in 25 years of doing this seen one person who drifted from church where their relationship got better and got more intimate with Jesus than those who stayed plugged into church. Man, I have seen the opposite happen all the time. I've seen people say, well, I don't need church. And eventually, because here's the problem, when you fall out of love with his bride, eventually you fall out of love with Jesus himself. Right? Because, hear me, some of you, you've got this friend. You like your friend, but you don't like the bride, right? You're like, I don't like them, Right? You're like, I said him. Um, maybe it is a him. I don't know. Um, but you don't like the spouse, and it's really hard to be close to somebody if you don't like the spouse. Why? Because they love them more than they love you. Some of you, you don't love the church. You distance yourself from church. And, and hear me, to all of our people watching online, hear me. I love you, and I'm glad that you're tuning in online. And this is not something to make you feel condemned, but... Online is a great tool, and it's a great ministry, but it's not a substitute for the church, right? And man, you don't need to do what's easy. You need to do what's best, and what's best is to get your butt in church and get your kids' butts in church so that they're around other people who love them and are encouraging them. And, and hear me, don't tune out and don't stay. Well, I'm just too busy. We make time for the things we want to make time for. And so I just want to tell you, you're, you're wanted here. We love you, and we want you here, and we'll make room for you here. Just get here. And keep tuning in and keep inviting people because it's a great tool, but it can't be a substitute, right? Second thing is this. We drift from our personal Debo time. We drift from spending time with Jesus, right? What did Mary do when she anointed Jesus' feet for burial? She was just worshiping him and getting into his presence, and his presence was enough, It wasn't about trying to get stuff from him. It was just about being with him. And some of us, we've fallen in love with his hands more than his heart. And it's like, man, I just need to learn to get back into his presence to minnow, to remain, to stay, to abide in him because somewhere I got disconnected. And man, as you stay in his word and you spend time praying and you spend time being quiet and just listening to the Lord and listening to the Holy Spirit speak to you, can I tell you, that's how you remain and that's how you stay. But many times we drift from that and we say, well, that's just a regulation and that's just a rule. No, that's a relationship. There's a big, big difference. The third thing we drift from is community with other believers, relationships with other believers. Hear me, you can go to church, but that doesn't mean you have community in the church. That's why we have connect groups. That's why we have men's events and women's events. And we have midweek because we want to have build community here. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this, do not be misled. Let's stop with that part. Some of you, you are so misled on this part. You think you can handle this and you can't. 
I see grown adults that talk themselves around this scripture every day, every year, and it wrecks their marriage, it wrecks their relationship with Jesus, and it wrecks their lives. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Because what happens is this. We drift from people with convictions, and we drift towards people who compromise. Right? When we drift from people with convictions, we drift towards people who compromise. And if you hang around bad long enough, you're going to start doing what bad does. And don't fool yourself. Don't mislead yourself. Adult, this isn't just true for your teenagers. I'm walking people that are in the mid-40s day in, day out over this right now because they got caught up. They drifted to the wrong company, and company corrupts good character. Hear me. You can't handle it. You're not exempt from this truth. You're not exempt from this rule. Bad company corrupts good character. And when you start drifting in this area, it's not long before you put distance in your relationship with Jesus. And when that happens, you're at a dangerous, dangerous place. Why? Because friends equal influence. And influence is leadership, right? And if whoever has influence over you, they have leadership, over you and who are you granting access to your life because it's a big deal. Fourth thing that we drift from is the Bible. We all love the Bible as long as it agrees with us, right? But when we don't like what the Bible says, we start questioning its authenticity. We start questioning its authority. We start saying, well, my situation's different. Me and God got our own understanding? No, you don't. No, you don't. Hear me. You don't. And we want to start, and here's what happens. God's not going to rewrite the Bible for your lifestyle. Right? He wants your lifestyle to fit in the context of his word. And Satan has always done this. When we don't like what the Bible says, we start questioning the Bible. And I love this. The enemy didn't tempt Adam and Eve to murder, steal, or lie. He tempted them to question the word of God, and his tactics haven't changed. Can I tell you, it's true. He's been doing this since the beginning of time. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. Some of you, you don't like being wrong. Neither do I. It's right. You're wrong. Let me say that again. It's right. You're wrong. (laughs) I don't like that. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. Jesus didn't ask for your opinion when he wrote the Bible. Like God didn't ask, well, does Nate like this? Does Jeff Wagner like this? Is there going to grow? No, it doesn't matter. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work, to be fruitful. That's the purpose of his word, to correct us, to change us, to guide us so that we can live fruitful lives. So let me encourage you, don't get away from God's word. Instead, get into God's word. The fifth thing that we drift from that's the things of God is that we start living for the temporary instead of the eternal. We get caught up in the here and now. And if I'm not careful, I'm guilty of this, right? I can get a very just temporary mindset where I am focused on the here and now, and you gotta be present where your feet are, right? Some of you, the most godly thing and the best thing you can do, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but I hope you keep listening, the best thing you can do for your marriage and your relationship and your kids is be present where your feet are instead of being on your phone all the time. 
Dang, got quiet. Some of you are putting your phone down right now. I swear I'm not on, I'm taking notes, Pastor, I swear. Then we got a lot of apps open, right? Anyways, um, some of us, we're living for the temperate. We are all, we're spending all our time and energy just on what's going to benefit now, not in what's going to change people's forever. We, we base our finances on now instead of investing in people's forever. And, and that's, how'd that happen? We just drifted. You want me to show me what truly is your priority? Show me your schedule and your bank account. And I'll tell you what your priorities are. I'll tell you what's important to you. It's what you spend your time on and your money on. Right? And I love what C.S. Lewis said. He, said. he said this. It's so good. If you live for the next world, you get this one in the deal. But if you live only for this world, you lose them both. And some of us, we're only living for this one. So the question is this. What's the solution? How do we keep ourselves from drifting? Because if you're not careful, it just happens. And you look up and you're like, how did I get here? Well, you just drifted there. What's the solution? Let me, let me give you the solution this morning. Be steadfast in remaining. Be steadfast. This is what Jesus keeps saying over and over and over. Four times in two verses, he says the word minnow or remain, abide. You know, remain in me and I will remain in you. Six times, he either is talking about remaining or being cut off from the vine in just these two verses because it's a major, major deal. It's such a big deal that he keeps bringing this theme up at the very last moment that he has with his disciples because he knows that we are, we are just accustomed and we have a nature that very easily drifts instead of abiding. And if you and I are going to live fruitful lives, we have to be steadfast in remaining. That word steadfast means this, to be faithful, committed, devoted, dedicated, loyal, steady, reliable, true, and constant. To be constant, to be faithful, to be committed to being abiding and remaining when it's hard. Devoted when you don't understand and you don't feel it. Dedicated when your schedule is, is pushing and everything else is grabbing for you. Loyal and steady, reliable, true and constant in remaining. John 15, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch, you can't do this. All you branches out there, you can't produce fruit if you're severed from him. And you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. I'm the power source and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. So, so here's kind of the big takeaway, right? My personal takeaway. A steadfast abiding life is a consistently fruitful life, right? A steadfast abiding life leads to a consistently fruitful life. Acts 17 verse 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. And does that verse describe your schedule, your life, and your priorities? Or have you drifted? In him, I live. I understand the meaning of life. In him, I move my everyday activities, my daily schedule, and I find my contentment. I have my being. Because here's what I will tell you. Apart from him, you can't be the spouse you were meant to be. You can't be the student you were meant to be. You can't be 
the dad or the mom that you were meant to be. You can't be the person you were meant to be. You can't be the employee you were meant to be. You can't be the boss you were meant to be. You can't be the disciple and follower that you were meant to be because apart from him, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can't handle the trials and failures that are gonna come your way. And what I would tell you too is you won't be able to handle the successes and good times that come your way because sometimes the most trying things are the successful things that come your way, right? Because then you think you could do it on your own, right? Apart from him, you can't, you can't do the waiting on the promises or handle the fulfillment of promises. You won't be able to handle being poor or being rich, being whole or being shattered because you can't handle it because you weren't created to because somewhere along the line, you drifted from your power source. The close. I have a neighbor. Um, she's an elderly, sweet woman um, named Dolores. We have some people here. Mallory's grandma, um, so she knows us very well. And um, she's a really sweet lady, but she is at an age where she doesn't need to drive anymore. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't, um, because her, her memory's going, and, and so it's no longer safe for her to drive or for her to be on the road with you if she's behind the wheel, right? And so her, her sons were trying to figure out how do we keep her from driving because she's not going to give us her keys. She's not going to turn in her license, right? And some of you, maybe you've been this through this with an aging parent. And so um, what her two sons did, one distracted her while the other one popped the hood and disconnected the wires to the battery. Um, And so she goes out, hopefully she's not watching Dolores. If you're watching, I'm lying right now. Um, But So she goes in, she tries to start, and she's like, I don't don't know what's going on. And me and Casey went there. It's happened several years ago. She goes, I think they disconnected my car from the battery. I'm like, I have no idea about that, Dolores, right? Um, But there's nothing wrong with the car. The car works. It can drive. It can transport you. It can go pick up groceries. It can transport other people. It can haul things. It can put luggage. It can do a road trip. What's wrong is that somewhere along the way, it got disconnected from its power source. Right, And you were created, so many of you, you were created to do so much more, to bear fruitful lives, but somewhere along life and somewhere along things happening and not going your way, or maybe everything went your way, you drifted and now you aren't plugged into your power source and you're not abiding and you're not remaining and you're not producing the fruit that you should. Instead, you're producing the fruit of yourself. Can I tell you, it's not too late. Your power source is still available and in him we live and move and have our being. You can still have a fruitful marriage. You can still have a fruitful kid. You can still have a fruitful life. You can still have fruitful finances if you will get plugged back in and you will remain in him. Because apart from him, you can't do it. But here's the promise that comes. If we will remain in him, John 16, says this, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. First John 5, 4, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Romans 8, 37, know in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What are you abiding in? What are you remaining in? What are you resting in? Because some of you, it's not even that it's a bad thing. It's just not the right thing. 
right? You're abiding in your own strength and your own talent and your own ability, but that's not what you're called to abide and remain in. You're called to abide and remain in him. And if you do that, you will bear fruit that you're not capable to bear on your own. And it will lead you to fulfilling things in your life and stepping into things in your life that you never could have opened that door, imagined that door, or walked through that door if you would have tried to do it on your own. And these are the last words of Jesus. Right? Remain in me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray that right now in this moment, we, would, we wouldn't get mad. Lord, when, when things are said that we don't like, we get mad. But Lord, that we would just get attentive and we would do a self-evaluation right now about what is our life really producing. Lord, there's parts of every person. Not everybody knows our thoughts. Sometimes we get really good at hiding our actions and our habits. Lord, what's our life producing? Because we can't be fruitful apart from you. But Lord, for a lot of us, that hasn't stopped us from trying. Lord, we keep trying to live this life our way and do things our way and be a spouse and be a student and be a person and be an adult all on our own, be the husband, the grandparent, Lord, all on our own. And Lord, yet your last words, some of your last words to the disciples was remain, 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 abide, abide, stay, 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 minnow, minnow, minnow. Be steadfast in remaining in me. Because it's not that you want something bad or you're trying to make this life harder. You want everything for us because your word says you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full or rich and satisfying life. Lord, there's a bunch of us, we're not satisfied with life. Lord, we're not living a life that's abundant. Lord, we're living a life of self and it's producing things we don't want. And if we were to be honest, we don't even remember how we got here. We just drifted. So Lord, I pray today, man, that we would make a change. God, that we wouldn't just hope that it gets better because hope's a really bad strategy. But we would make choices to abide and to remain in you so that we can be fruitful for your kingdom. I pray that you would move and you would speak to us. It's in Jesus' name. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.